Welcome to We Universe. This is the internet's comprehensive Wii U podcast, where each and every week we are donning our cowls and we are fighting crime on a randomly selected game from the Wii U catalog. We're, we're uh, exacting vengeance on this entire catalog of games. That's right. My name is Steve Gutman. They wronged us in Crime Alley, and uh, <laughs> Hello Kitty Racers killed our parents, and this is our chance to finally get back at it. I still see those pearls like scattering to the ground, and Hello Kitty being unable to outrun them. And slowly, slowly driving away at the world's <laughs> slowest pace. Hello, I am uh, the Cape Cape Crusader TM. What is this <laughs> oh, you have the trademark? Yeah, on. exactly. That's- Whenever somebody said, I, I bought the trademarks for Cape Crusader, and Dark Knight. That's that's a pretty I, good I've way to go. I've been doing well for myself. There is so. a guy. I think we. I, I forget if we covered him on one of the Patreon episodes, but there is a guy who kind of shepherded the first Batman movie mm-hmm. for like years and years. He held on to the rights for it. He still holds the rights to Batman, so he gets a cut of every piece of Batman media. And that man is the smartest person who ever lived. Yeah. Like that. That turned out so well for him. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about Batman this week, and you know what? If you're a Patreon subscriber, you know that we've been talking about Batman for a little while now. It's been Bat-Vember. It has been Bat-Vember. bat Bat-Sember. It's Bat-Tober, Bat-Vember, Bat-Sember. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're getting through all of the different Bat-Months. <laughs> we've, we've gone totally batty. We have. We absolutely have. Um, so as we did when we covered the Star Fox series on our Patreon, we have some crossover with a couple of Wii U titles, so we wanted to uh, move those up the roster, talk about them in the detail that they require. So this week over on Patreon, we are talking about the Arkham games. We've already covered games based on Batman movies, games based on Batman cartoon shows, and now it's time to go to Arkham, and that's what we are talking about today with Arkham City, Arkham Origins. Is everybody caught up? Games based on... Batman mental health facilities. Games based on his uh, his uh, ill, uh, often unmentioned career as a psychotherapist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he did a lot of good. He did a lot of good. He, he punched a lot of heads. <laughs> yeah, I think we can agree that he punched a lot of heads. I'm not sure that he was good for the mental health of those that he put behind bars. I can never because Batman makes such a big deal about being the guy who doesn't kill the bad guys. I just can't help but feel like. How deeply is he traumatizing every single person that he encounters, either through like terrifying them or bodily mutilating them so that they can't walk ever again? Like he talks a big game about somebody who doesn't kill anybody. He's just somebody who doesn't shoot a gun physically at you. He, the, the, the scars make them long for death. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, absolutely. That, that is my fundamental. Like I like Batman. His his aesthetic is super cool. Yeah. Um, but. The, the constant moralizing as, like, a giant thematic element of him, of, like, his unwillingness to kill just sort of drives me nuts. Right. Uh, there's, there's so many moments where, like, Joker's like, ha, 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 I'm going to blow up the entire city. This is my Joker impression. Yeah. Ha, 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 it's me, the Joker. Whoopee-dee, I I'm, say. I'm going to get you. Yeah. Uh-oh, whoopee cushion full of gas yeah. made of bombs. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but there's so many times he could just, like, chuck one of these very, very sharp batarangs, like, into his eye and just end all of it. Go yeah. home. He can have a mug of cocoa. Look, and I'm all for the multiple strike system if we're going to do it that way. Sure. And I feel like at some point, you know, uh, Mad Hatter, he's had so many goddamn strikes. He's had like, so many. Yeah. Just like, all right, 
15th strike, you get a batarang to the eyeball. <laughs> like, that's it. Is anyone going to miss Jervis Tetch, the <laughs> Mad Hatter? Is anyone really going to care if Garfield Linz, the Firefly, is uh, is thrown off a building? Yeah, I think we've all heard enough about Mr. Zazaz. Oh, man, too much Zazaz. Yeah. Is it Zazaz? Yeah, I've never knew how to pronounce it. There's just so many, like, <laughs> unnecessary letters in his name. I think I would really enjoy a YouTube video of just so... Um, either I, I either should make this or someone on the internet should make it because I'm too lazy mm-hmm. of just a sort of collegiate professor type sitting in like sitting down in front of a bookshelf and lighting a pipe or something <laughs> and like straightening their notes <laughs> and just slowly naming every Batman villain that <laughs> exists like <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Mr. Zazaz. Oh my God. Oh, he's going to reverse the alphabet. Oh, no, whichever. Oh. Hugo Strange. <laughs> Calendar man, and just and just like, how long is that video? Twenty That's minutes. Long, well, at like, that pace, yeah. I mean, I'm really loving this idea. Like, I would genuinely vibe so hard if like Anthony Hopkins just yeah. released an audiobook of him listing names of Batman characters. That would make me so happy. Uh, crazy quilt. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, yes, Condiment King. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, so that's his follow-up. He wins best actor, and then it's and <laughs> best, then it, best actor for the fall for the father, and then he gets his Grammy for narrating <laughs> Batman villain names. Exactly, he got. Uh, so we're we're having ourselves like a whole ass Batman day here. We're we're double shotting all these Batman games. We're playing them all and recording two episodes just to kind of get them clear. Now, the Arkham games have a lot to talk about. I am a big, big, big fan of the Arkham games, and this is yeah. your first time experiencing Lock, lock any of you them. up in the asylum is what oh, you say. Just I'm, inject them into your brains. I'm an Ark. I'm a ham head. I'm a ham hawk is the, what they call us uh, when we're real big fans of the Arkham. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. This, this is your first experience. Yeah, it's my first time in the asylum. Yeah. Um, well, welcome. It gets better. <laughs> sure. Yeah, don't worry. Just uh, don't go near the guy with all the scars all over his body. It makes sense. Good, yeah. good tips wherever you are. Yeah. Um, this... I played a decent amount of Arkham Asylum building up to this, and it's pretty safe to say that game sets a blueprint, yeah. and the other games follow it. It's very true. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's a great blueprint, so I'm not I'm not going to find fault with it, but like sometimes it can be easy to be like, okay, I want to get into a new series, mm. but like, where do I start? It's like, let's say I want to get into Metroid, but uh-huh. like, do you start with the original Metroid, which has some pretty significant hurdles to get over? Do you start with Super Metroid, or do you just start with, you know, whatever is the newest one on the Switch? Sure. And here, they make it pretty easy on you. You're like, which Batman game should I start with? And it's like, you're going to do fine. You're going to do they're, fine. They're, they're all, which, whichever one, roll a dice. All pretty solid. Yeah. All, all going to be built off the same... Uh, Really strong core formula, yeah. Uh, that's, that's how that's how you get to be a fighter of the night. You got to build up a strong core. Yeah, that's why uh, Batman does so many sit ups. That's why. That's exactly why. I mean, you know, we we talked a little bit when we talked about uh, Devil's Third uh, of whatever genre that game is. That's like your genre. That's a yeah. genre that you can just continue playing and be happy with. Uh, that's me with Arkham. Like okay. these games are kind of hidden my exact sweet spot. So you line up these games, the new Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, the new Lord of the Rings games, line all those up. They're all kind of following oh, like the same shadows form. over Mordor. Or whatever. Yeah. That's yeah. this kind of thing. It's this kind of okay. thing. Uh, line those all up and give them to me, like straight into my veins <laughs> and I'm happy all day. And, and so like, what, what would you define that genre as? Like, I get, I mean, it's just the third person, like action it's, adventure game yeah but like the fighting is very 
effortless. It's I don't very know. effortless. Yeah. So it's not like strictly a fighting thing. It's not, I, I like the blend. I like the blend of like combat and stealth and exploration and uh, world building and story. And, and just the and fact that everything, like you said, everything feels so effortless, even though like this is one of those games. If you stop to think about the controls, you'll lose your mind. But if you just kind of go with it, you're great. Like you yeah. just, it feels very natural until you think about it. Yeah, because uh, Batman, as well, he should has a ton of abilities. Yes. Yeah. And what we've, you know, after playing through so many Batman games, which um, a lot of them have been very terrible. Um, yes. But the, what I think what is tricky about Batman is you'd think he would sort of be a slam dunk for just an easy video game, easy character to make a good video game yeah. about. But he really has so many different skills. Yeah. He's really a renaissance man. Yeah, and, which which element are you going to focus on? Is it world's greatest detective or is it like most fabulous puncher fish? Yeah, or yeah. exactly. Or is it quality upside down man? He's a, he's an expert upside down man. Yeah. yeah. And these these are really the first games. I mean, Arkham Asylum specifically is the first yeah. that is like, let's integrate all of these facets and get that complete profile of who is Batman. Who is he? Who is he? <laughs> I, I don't actually know because like there's no one in the city that makes enough money to mm-hmm. like afford all these things and has the same physical build as him. Yep. There's nobody. It's Oswald Cobblepot is the Batman. Oh, you know what? You know Former what? I mayor. see it. it. All, yeah, it all makes sense. That's they have why the same, he's such a rotund shortman. They have the same weak chin. <laughs> Batman, famously weak chin. Yeah, they yeah, both yeah. run yeah. around monocle bound. They do. Right. I like that uh, Penguin's monocle in this is just a broken glass bottle like shoved in his eye. Have like, you? That's very edgy ever tried to use a monocle i have tried to use a monocle yeah you've exact you've asked the exact right person that question (laughs) yes i have i also have and it is very challenging it is not a well-designed piece of accessorizing no i mean because i i guess maybe that's why like monocle wearers have a bad reputation because if you're wearing a monocle, your face is all scrunched up. You look kind of mean. You look kind of uncomfortable, yeah. you know? So, because, I mean, you naturally are. It's impossible not to be uncomfortable while wearing a monocle. Yeah. I mean, maybe Rich Uncle Pennybags is like a very happy-go-lucky guy, but he looks like a tyrant, you know? <laughs> Let's see him. Every Monopoly board, I'm like, ooh, fuck that guy. Look sure. at his dead eyes. Yeah. With a dead eye and dead monocle. <laughs> ooh, what a creep. Yeah, no, uh, monocles, uh, uh, I think, okay, where do we rank monocles on that <laughs> list? I think no, uh, they're, they're number... Better than Book of Unwritten Tales 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. The, the 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 weird twist here is we don't get to talk about Arkham Asylum for this particular episode, no. even though that's the game that kind of established what these other two games are. We are talking about Arkham City for mm-hmm. the Wii U and Arkham Origins for the Wii U. That's right. The, the two games that followed up Arkham Asylum... Both appeared on the Wii U. We don't get the first one. It would have been a good fit on this uh, system, I think. But yeah, uh, I I don't think it would have been a bad choice to have brought it here. But maybe yeah. they once, you know, there's an already a new game in the series by this point. It didn't seem worth it for them. To yeah, play. and maybe like this just felt like the newer, shinier toy, you know, because it's it's uh, bringing Batman into the open world for the yeah. first time. Well, let's jump into it. Let's start talking about it. Let's jump in and extend our cape and then <laughs> glide a long distance and then grapple to a point and then uh, spring ourselves along. Sounds fun. 
So Batman Arkham City Armored Edition, that's what this one's called, ah. released November 18th, 2012. That's right, it's a launch game. The other one, yeah, the, the original version, you would touch the case and it would just fall apart. It was, it was <laughs> such a floppy case. It, it was so flimsy. I don't know why they decided to do that. I don't know how that game sold so well. Like, this, one, th- this version comes in a solid nylon carrying case oh. with uh, deluxe version bat nipples right on the front. <laughs> Uh-huh. And let me tell you, you can strap this thing to your chest and no bullets will get through exactly. it. I guarantee you. Try it at home. This was re- developed by Rocksteady and published by uh, Warner Brother Interactive Entertainment. It was released on PS3, 360, Wii U, Windows, OS X, PS4, and Xbox One. This game, all these games, super duper available. Super available. Like, you'll, you can, you'll find them you anywhere. You can get like a... They get given away frequently on PC. They are. You can find like a HD. I mean, these games are already HD, but like a super duper collection on the PS4. Yes. That mm-hmm. collects like all three of these games that's often on sale for like 10 bucks. Yeah. So yeah. Like no, yeah very... you, get, you get an outrageous and, amount of games if you buy one of those bundles. And all, all of these are very available like at any used game store. Like yeah. I've never failed to not find a copy of uh, uh, Arkham anything. Yep. Um, except for the handheld one, but we'll get into that later. Uh, so this game, we discussed this briefly on the Patreon episode, so apologies if we're repeating things for those listeners. But uh, in 2008... EA and Pandemic Studios were working on a game based on the movie of The Dark Knight, and it okay. was going to be the first Batman open-world adventure game. They, they had dumped a bunch of money into it. They were very ambitious about that title. And then they found that the engine that they built for the game was not compatible with any existing technology. Ah. So we should have checked that first. Yep. Anyway, they scrapped the game completely. Uh, the rights to Batman reverted back to Warner Brothers, and uh, they immediately hired a fledgling developer called Rocksteady to develop one of their uh, their their own take on the series. Now, he, he, he Rocksteady decided he had had enough as Shredder's toady. Yeah, he absolutely. broke up with Bebop, mm-hmm. and he decided to uh, found his shame. own game studio. If anyone was like a couple made in heaven, Rocksteady and Bebop, they have so much in common. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm surprised they weren't able to make that work. Yeah, it, it, they. I think their thunder was stolen by Tonk and Razor. Oh they, man, those guys the much fluffier whippersnappers. Uh, yeah, so um, Rocksteady at this point, uh, they'd only released one game. It was called Urban Chaos, which is like a first person like riot response game i've never played that, <laughs> that one genre yes yeah but uh but they had a really good take on this series and uh that first game was batman arkham asylum came out in 2009 and kind of instantly became one of the best selling and most acclaimed games of that year it totally slaps it's about batman being trapped in arkham asylum he's got to fight all of his worst enemies and make it out of there uh, much more contained though it was a contained game it's got one location and it's a big location, mm-hmm. but it is just the one location, and you're exploring within that uh, structure. And what, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I've been playing that game for the first time, liking it a lot. Yeah. Um, definitely, though, you, you spend a lot of time crowding around in vents, yeah. which just gets old. And so you do start to feel like, oh, it would be nice if this kind of opened up a little bit. And I think that's... Obviously, that's what Rocksteady I, thought too. I think they, so. uh, I think they might have opened it up a teeny tiny bit. So this game is five times the size of Arkham Asylum, and they wanted this this to be the game that finally brought Batman into his own little sandbox environment. They put a bigger emphasis on exploration, and so they refined the gliding and flight mechanics in this game. And they also beefed up the number of side missions to create a longer and more immersive experience. 
Uh, now, as he did with Arkham Asylum, uh, Paul Dini, who is the creator of uh, Batman the Animated Series, he stepped in to write a script for this game. He's kind of in charge of everything non-Batman movie related, it seems <laughs> like. Yeah, up it's... to a point, yeah, because... These games really blend the the look and feel of the movies with the attitude and the talent of the animated series. And so yeah. I think that works really well in its favor. Um, so Paul Dini came in and wrote the story. Uh, most of the original cast of the animated series returns. So Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, Gray Delisle, all of them are back. Now, upon release, uh, this game got a six-issue comic book tie-in that kind of in a weird choice you need to read that tie-in if you're going to understand what's happening in this game. Yeah, because this game does what something I always appreciate, yeah. which it th- pretty much throws you right in from the start. Like, there's yeah. a very short cutscene of Bruce Wayne. Um, so the prem- the premise of this game mm. is that the warden of the first uh, Arkham Asylum, yeah. Sharp, has become the mayor of Gotham mm-hmm. and decides he's going to close down... Arkham Asylum and instead expand it into like a whole corner of the city. Exactly. Just, yeah. it, 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 he shuts down Blackgate Prison, Arkham Asylum, buys up a whole bunch of slums around Gotham, and then just turns into like one big open air prison for everybody. Yeah. And this stuff is already like you don't see any of this establishment in the game. No. Like, and then you you see Bruce Wayne sort of speaking out against this um, because, I mean, who would have thought like a giant area of the city for crime to just run rampant would like not be a good thing overall for the city? Exactly. It's okay. Have you ever seen the movie? It's a very obscure, like 80s trash thriller called uh, Don't Go in the Basement. No. You might get a kick out of that. Very funny, bad movie because it's about a isolated psychiatric like home for like troubled people. And the whole therapy there is that we're just going to let these people indulge. So like Uh. there's an ax murderer who's allowed to carry around axes and thread people. There's a nymphomaniac who's allowed to have sex with everybody in the building. Okay. And uh, there's nothing to do with the basement. So I don't know why it's called <laughs> that. They, I don't think they go in the basement once. The movie yeah. heeded its own advice. No one <laughs> went in the basement. Didn't go in the basement. They're like, nope, too scary. But yeah, that's kind of the philosophy yeah. here. I guess it's like, it's like a let purge. Let them run rampant. Yeah, yeah. We'll, do, we'll just open up a part of the city for, for the purge. And don't, yeah. don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there, girlfriend. That, yeah, that was, yeah. That, was the mayor, that was the motto of Mayor Sharp's election campaign was, don't go there, girlfriend. Um, snip, snap. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, it is soon revealed that he is a puppet of... Hugo Strange, one of, you know, it's cool to have a different sort of main villain in this game than Joker, who yeah. we always see. Though Hugo Strange, a very odd choice to be kind of your a strange choice. Yeah, exactly. Your choice. prime, your prime villain because he's just sort of an old guy. Like that's that's he's. <laughs> I couldn't think of any yeah. more adjective to describe him besides old. We we he's don't, not even that strange. Yeah, we yeah. I mean, he's he's the other Doctor Strange, and yeah. he's like uh, we don't really get a good sense of his personality or like his power set or what's going on with him in this game. Like I think most of the time Hugo strange in the comic books is just like a super genius, but I think sometimes he does have the ability to manipulate people's minds or something. So it's not clear which version of that we're getting, but that's okay because he's not the only villain we have to contend no. with. There's a whole ton of like the whole rogues gallery pops up in some form or another, which is always very fun. Um, yeah, so that's just kind of the confusing thing is that you're not going to know what happened 
in canonically, it's 18 months between Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Yeah, you and like all see- of this stuff happens in between the margins. So when the game opens, it's like we're already. It's already assuming we know all this. And Bruce Wayne gets arrested as if that's like nothing. They're like, oh, yeah, of course the city arrests Bruce Wayne. And you're like, wait a second. Yeah, why? Yeah, it is just super weird that there's no like, you know, escape from L.A. like or escape from New York. Ten second voiceover at the beginning um, explaining that this is what's going on. Yeah. Like, you know, a visual like just the comic in the game as like an extra that you can read. Or even just like the Universal logo slowly getting covered with water, and then all of a sudden you're on Waterworld. Yeah, that's that's, that's, all, that's all it takes. That that freaked me out when I saw it as a kid, and then I'm like, oh my god, they can do that? They can mess with the logos? Sure. Holy shit! I remember the one from the Iron Giant was. The oh one. yeah, that was a good one too. Yeah, yeah. You know that water? Like there was a long time where I really pushed my parents to let me watch uh, PG-13 rated movies. Okay. And I think once they finally allowed me, the first one that I ended up watching was Waterworld. Wow. And then I decided that maybe PG-13 movies were not for me after all. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't want to see Kevin Costner drinking his own piss in the opening minutes. I also didn't like movies that were two and a half hours long. It's true. Usually, usually PG movies don't don't go in that approach. That's true. Yeah, that's actually a fair point. That's a fair point. Like. We were allowed to watch PG-13 or R-rated movies as long as they were only violent. Oh, sure. Like, if they were violent, fine. If there was a boob, oh, my God. Like, one boob is too many. One boob is too many. Call the police on the boob, uh, the police. boob police. Yes. So this game was released on PS3 and 360 in October of 2011. It instantly became one of the fastest selling and most critically acclaimed games of all time. It sold nearly 2 million copies in the first week. And it went on to sell about 20 million copies overall, $600 million in the bank for that game. I mean, big kudos to Arkham City in the sense that, like, it really does a sequel right. Because it is any game that follows a game that was as well received as Arkham Asylum. And it, you know, there's not that many really good Batman games. No. Like, as we have as we we've, have learned. We've almost definitively proven. Yeah. yeah there's um, maybe like five. And so once Arkham Asylum comes out and you're like, wow, this is a great game by any standard and it's a great game about a character who like is enjoying this resurgence of popularity. And it's a game that wants you to feel like Batman. And right. it really does a great job of bringing you in on that. And so like what, no matter what the sequel to that game is, that game is going to sell well. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, um, but it's... it's the fact that it both sold well and was like, yes, this expands on exactly what we want to expand on from Arkham Asylum and takes what works and doesn't lose it, but also adds a ton of cool stuff. It's just, it's a really impressive sequel. And then uh, Arkham Knight kind of does the same. Like each one of these sequels expands on the previous one in meaningful ways without losing like what makes the original Mm. fun. Like I think they do a really good job of that. Uh, so, yeah, we've already covered some of the story there. It's been 18 months, and Hugo Strange has now taken over. Uh, this is also the first time where we get to encounter Catwoman in this series, and she's actually a playable character in several stages. Uh, again, I really like when they do this because Catwoman and Batman feel entirely different. Like, they fit, they mm. move different. Like, like the, the combat is still kind of the same, like, very basic level, but... They move very different. They have different weight. Like Batman moves slower and is like kind of a more of a tank and Catwoman's yeah. very lithe and like has a whip and snaps people around. A lot of fun. There are some sections where you get to play as Robin as well. Huh. Um, yeah. And so meanwhile, meanwhile, the other thing that's happening in this game that's important for the lore of the series is that so at the end of Arkham Asylum, I'm sorry, spoilers for it's this for okay. you, but uh, 
Joker turns himself into this big hulking monster using this stuff called the Titan Serum. Oh, so you're saying, spoiler, Batman doesn't die at the end of Arkham Asylum? Well, he does. Oh! No, but... No, but... Yeah, you're but, really playing as Azrael this whole game. <laughs> you do play as Azrael in this game. Oh, it's awesome. It's okay. yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, uh, Joker, like he was defeated and like his body went back to normal, but now he's dying because the serum that he injected himself with is slowly killing him. It's infecting okay. his blood, and he doesn't really have a cure. And so part of the thing that you're working on here is that Joker is sort of blackmailing you to try and help him find a cure. Ah. Uh, not even blackmailing, just like threat. I forget what he's doing exactly. He's got somebody that you care about. Well, I mean, isn't that the heart of Joker? I'm sure he has he has a bomb somewhere or other that he'll explode if exactly. you don't help him. Yeah, exactly. He's he, always, ha- he has someone tied up by the neck. Like what, what, guy, whatever it might be. That guy's guy always just causing trouble. He is the clown prince of crime, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you. Ugh, ugh, that boy. Um, but we do get some other villains here. So Bane, you fight Bane, you fight Victor Zaz again. Poison Ivy's back. Riddler is back. Uh, do you ever fight Riddler in these games? You never fight Riddler. No, okay. Riddler is all like secrets and puzzles and hidden trophies kind of hidden throughout this entire map. If you collect all of them, you hear audio of him being arrested, which is oh. always funny because <laughs> he's like very condescending and like smug. Um, but yeah, we get some new villains. We get Two-Face, Penguin, Clayface, Solomon Grundy, Mad Hatter, Deadshot, Hush, Mr. Freeze, Calendar Man's in there. You never actually fight him, but he's always around. Uh, yeah, and spoiler alert for the ending of this game. I already kind of told you this, but it, it transition. It's, it's important for the rest of the series. So if you haven't played this game yet and don't want the ending spoiled, cut out right now. And this is like actually like kind of a big spoiler. This is a big spoiler. This is a big spoiler. But the the next game in the series opens on this. Okay. Uh Joker dies. Joker dies at the end of this. He does not find a cure to this uh, to this disease that he's got. And uh, so there's no more Joker. Um, he still works his way into the series. He still has a role to play in interesting ways in Arkham Knight. But uh, yeah, he's the very first shot of Arkham Knight is him being uh, cremated uh, yeah. right up close. Like you're in the oven with him. <laughs> so it's very intense. And I... I'm a fan of that. Like, you know, Joker, obviously a great counterpoint to Batman. He's he's done more than his fair share of heavy lifting. Yeah. But as discussed, like Batman has such a deep bench of weird villains that it's cool not to have it just totally carried by Joker all the time. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing I like about what DC does is that, you know, all of their properties are totally segmented from each other. So mm-hmm. like with Marvel, like the TV shows have to tie into the movies, have to tie into the comic books, have to right. tie into everything. And so you know that a character is never really going to die, or right. at least probably not permanently. And in these DC characters, they're, they're all standalone stories. So like the Arkham thread ends definitively with Arkham Knight, and characters die. Like a lot of characters die in this series. So it's I, I it's it sounds like a morbid thing to say that I like it when a character dies, but sure. like it does impart some stakes to the story. It does make things like feel a little more impactful. All right, so this game keeps kind of everything that worked from the original. It just juices everything up, uh, and and it makes it into a more open-ended direction. So to start with, I think the Arkham games have some of the best and most fun combat of any game series ever. Wow. I don't know. I'm okay. going that far. Yeah, yeah. I love, love, love this free-flow combat system that they have in Arkham. Uh, like I said, the new Spider-Man game kind of pulls from this, and the new Middle-Earth games kind of pull from this, but... It feels very effortless because it's essentially just a two-button fighting system. That's what's funny is because, like, it is a very satisfying combo system, but it's 
unbelievable. It's so unbelievably simple. It really is. Like there, there's hardly any complexity to it. You literally like you have your basic attack that you just punch people, um, and you point the control pad in different ways to decide who you want to punch. Yeah. Who you're gonna punch? The guy coming at you. Yeah. Um, and then occasionally guys get little stink lines coming off their heads because they're all they're all <laughs> sweat farting. They're, yeah, they're all sweaty because they're about to hit you. <laughs> so they're pulling back that bat, and then you just press uh, the Y or the X button or whatever the hell it is on this top button, game, I the guess. top button. Yeah. And Batman will just you know grab their bat. He'll break their ankle. He'll uh, you know push push them out of the way. Just some kind of counter. Um, they give Batman 700 unique animations mm-hmm. in these fight scenes. And so really all you're doing is punching and blocking, and, but it looks like effortlessly smooth. It looks like he's he's doing all these martial arts moves. He's blocking and he's kicking and he's throwing stuff. You feel like such a badass playing this game, even though you're just tap a tap a tap Yeah. Tap. <laughs> like, if somebody walked in and hadn't played these games before and be like, wow, you're really good at this game. How you how you memorize all these combos? It's like, no. Nope. Skill. You just, yeah, exactly. Your skill. Yeah, you just, don't question it. Yeah, you just press punch a bunch and yeah. punch a bunch. That's punch a press bunch. Nestle's punch, punch a bunch. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the the counter window is very very generous. It's yeah. not like you know Dark Souls where you, or Sekiro where you have to get this exact timing window down to sort yeah. of stagger your enemy. It's just like when you see those stink lines, you have like a second yeah. to press the button. And, and that's kind of really the only big thing that changes in the harder difficulties is they remove the stink lines. Okay. So you just need to watch for like body language, but it's still pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. it's still pretty forgiving. And it it just it does work really well. And so that's yeah, this game segments into probably four different gameplay styles yeah. that are each distinct from one another, but they're all integrated together very nicely. So that's your sort of core bare knuckle style of uh gameplay yeah and you know that feels like batman because you feel both agile and you feel very buff yeah um because you you these guys most of the thugs are just not going to give you much trouble they're not and the batman character model in this is thick with two c's he is a big big boy and he feels like he's he he kind of moves like marcus phoenix like he's just this Mm -hmm. big tank of a guy yeah and uh that means your punches feel very impactful and very satisfying but things change substantially if you're fighting villain or fighting guys with guns yeah and so that's another really cool aspect is like how can you get that aspect of Batman seeming like a really strong, you know, world's greatest fighter, but also still just being a person. And the way that works is when you encounter enemies with guns, if you do not sneak up on them, they will destroy you pretty fast. Very quickly. Yeah. Batman very fittingly, if he gets shot with a gun, he staggers back and they will not wait for you to get back up before shooting you again. And so you know, you have to think of a new approach to how to fight, uh, how to fight dudes with guns. And the stealth sections are a lot of fun. Uh, they really had the mechanics have not been messed with since asylum because I think it worked right out of the gate. Um, you zip up to little gargoyles on the ceiling, or you can hide in vents on the floor. Gotham, like the the world capital for just gargoyles. Oh blocks. man, yeah. so many gargoyles! Like Even you go to the post office and they got gargoyles. <laughs> you go, you go over to your. They have local... gargoyles working the desk at the post yeah. office. You go to Applebee's and they just have like <laughs> gargoyles up next to the. Can I get you game? some gargoyle poppers? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is just uh, uh, stone stuffed with cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Tough on your teeth. Yeah, yeah. you got to soak it in some water a little bit. Uh, yeah, so I mean, you you zip up, you can uh, you wait until enemies are by themselves, and every time you take another bad guy out, the the fear level of the other enemies increases. They start getting more panicky, so like they'll start making mistakes. They'll walk mm. into traps more easily, 
And in some of the later games, they'll start like shooting at the gargoyles like randomly okay. just to prevent you from getting on. Them. I see. Just uh, blind panic. Uh, so, yeah, you, you freak everybody out. You take them all out and then you can move on. The next kind of segment would be exploring, mm -hmm. you know, and this is a huge, huge, huge city. Um, and you don't have a vehicle of any kind. This, in this, this game. is probably like the big addition of Arkham City over Arkham Asylum. Yes. Yeah. You know, Arkham Asylum, the exploring is just like, go back this corridor that you were already in. Yeah, and, you're you're mostly indoors. In and, that and explore this corner of event that has a Joker trophy in it here. Yeah. Like, literally here, there's just, you, you know, it's a whole big corner of Gotham City. And so there's just tons of areas and nooks and crannies that have nothing to do with the story that, you know, you might want to go check out. And yeah. they the Riddler, the Riddler is your guy here. There's these green sort of... Riddler trophies and puzzles all over the place. Yeah. That, like, I, I mean, he must just be unbelievably busy. Like, he's they, got, Banksy has got nothing on him. This is actually something likes. that they address in oh, Arkham okay. Knight. Like, uh, you you overhear thugs, you're just like, oh man, Riddler's had me out here hiding these stupid trophies <laughs> okay. everywhere. Like, I'm so tired. Yeah. Yeah. So he's outsourcing. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the exploration in this game feels great. I mean, a lot of it is just. You're essentially flying like Batman doesn't have the power of flight, but he's got a big ass cape that lets him glide. And he's got a really great grapple gun that mm -hmm. zips him from place to place and keeps him aloft. Uh, you can there's some subtlety to this system. Like you can dive bomb for a little bit and then pull up and you ride the updraft and get like a little extra distance off of that. Or you can uh, uh, zoom in and kick somebody from way up high or like crash through a window or double tap on your uh, jump button when you're grappling and you'll get an extra speed boost yep. when you're going off of it. It doesn't like naturally like Batman is not going to have quite the same level of speed and agility like a Spider-Man would have no. um, in terms of the ability to just zip across the city super fast. Yeah. But I, it's about as good as it could possibly be in yeah. terms of what it gives you for movement options and, to, yeah, it's essentially like the Super Mario Brother, Super Mario World level of cape. Where yes. if you get going at the start, you could just... Totally. Rant, like, over a lot of ground. And and similarly, like, you you feel that same kind of sense of control that you get in Mario. Like, when you get really good with that cape, you feel pretty badass. Yeah. You have kind of the same feeling here. And it works really well. Like, I always love just, like, touring around the city and just exploring. And <laughs> when... There's a secret exit in uh, Mario World where you would either you would have to go did, like fly under the gate with the cape and like oh, zoom yeah. back up, which was like the cool uh, honorable way to do it, or you could be a dick and run with Yoshi and then like jump off of him <laughs> so he fell into the endless crevasse and you come up behind the gate. Guess which but, one I did. Yeah, that one's the way easier way to do it, but it's hard not to feel like a jerk. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, poor little bastard's <laughs> going to his death, but you know. Yeah. I, I couldn't I wasn't that good with the cape no I always make a new one but uh here yeah here you you are very good with the cape and the, the grappling hook is very very intuitive user friendly it sort of automatically targets probably right where you want and yeah. you just press the R button and it zips you right there yeah that's that is another improvement over uh Arkham Asylum mm -hmm. which um like the grappling points were not as immediately intuitive in that no, no, not exactly. Which, which makes and, sense because it's mostly indoors. And they're everywhere here. Like yeah. you can you can you can't go very far without finding a new one. And then I guess the last element of this game would just be kind of uh puzzle solving and like the the detective element of Batman's, you know, life. He uh 
He's got this detective yeah, mode Yeah, he's like Walt scanner. Whitman. He contains multitudes. He does. He does. So uh, to talk a little bit about detective mode, in the first game, um, they, the developers included this detective mode. It's like a filter that goes over your vision, lets you see through walls, see where enemies are. Like It's like their, x-ray. So like you like see through a wall and you'll see a, a character's skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> Bad guys have red skeletons. They do. They do. <laughs> Good guys have blue skeletons, which I, I don't know if that's how it's like in real life. Oh, but. it is. Yeah, no, oh, okay. absolutely. I am Got a it. doctor. I am a doctor of x-rays. Doctor of skeleton color? <laughs> um, that's me. Th- though I do think we might have hit on like a new potential pseudoscience we could use to bilk people out of money. Ooh, like this be- is the new phrenology? Yeah, like yeah. what color is your skeleton? <laughs> Come in. I'm sensing a taupe on you. You yeah. should give me $1,000. Yeah, yes, exactly. yes. Oh, man. We, we, we're going to inject dye directly into your skeleton to uh, blew it up. Ooh, okay. Yeah. TM, TM, TM. Nobody can have this. <laughs> patent pending, patent pending. Um, yeah, so the exploration and puzzle solving elements usually involve just like scanning the area uh, looking for different little hidden things or like forced perspective puzzles that Riddler's put in the background and uh, scanning like fingerprints, reconstructing crime scenes, stuff like that. It's usually very easy in the sense that like your gadgets basically do everything for you. Like you're not really like having to figure out what any of this means. No. It's basically like point your scanner at this object and then Batman will tell you what it means and what he needs to trace. Exactly. And with that as it is, like these are probably my least favorite parts of the game in the sense that they kind of just feel like padding because you don't necessarily feel like you are using your brain to solve any mystery. It's more of just like find the hidden object in the space. That's kind of more what it feels like. Yeah. And it's, they're not my favorite either. I think they're perfectly functional. And, uh, as we get into the series, you'll be able to kind of fast forward and rewind into the, the, um, recreations a little bit and go like frame by frame. That makes things a little more interesting, but yeah, it is. This one's a little bit more talky. The puzzles are a little more self-evident. And this this is also the area in which the Wii U version of this game is probably the most different from the other versions. That's right, Because, yeah. you know, most of your features in the Wii U here are kind of the same. There's a couple very cute things, like when the Riddler or Alfred calls you to, uh, you know, give you encouragement or make fun of you, not necessarily in that order. Yeah, they could uh, both be doing it. Yeah, yeah. It, it comes through Alfred's on your... Alfred's got some sass in yeah, these games. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it comes through on your gamepad. Um, there's, a, there's a goofy part at the beginning where you have to use your thumbprint to yeah. have it, like... That made me very a, a, happy. A, a, ...acknowledge you. And then um, most of the game, it's just going to be a map down there, yeah. which is which is welcome. Um, also, in Arkham... Yeah, in Arkham City you can bring up your inventory there and switch yeah. what you're going to use, which is better than the inventory system in Origins. Yeah, yeah, it um, is. Because you get a nice big view of what you use. Mm-hmm. And um, when you sort of enter these detective modes where you need to solve some kind of puzzle, it will ask you to hold the Wii U gamepad up towards the screen. Yeah. And you press both trigger buttons and you kind of... Na- Navigate around by holding and moving the gamepad yeah. until you can sort of focus on what you want to look at. Simple, but I, I like that little extra addition. I think it makes those puzzles just a little bit more fun and a little bit more immersive. And it feels like you're actually kind of using a gadget instead of just putting a filter on the screen. Yes. Which we, which is what you want. I mean, because that is a you know huge part of Batman's power. At, yeah. at his core, Batman's main power is he's got a lot of money. He does, yeah, uh, absolutely. And so just having that extra little element that makes you feel like you're using one of his tools is fun. Yes. So I I think that is a definite um, selling point of the Wii U version. 
I you can play it on the gamepad, but this is a very bad game to play in handheld mode. No, you cause... you want. I mean, look, this game looks gorgeous. Like I still think it looks great. The yeah. the technology is dated a little bit, but and that was also kind of the big problem that people have with detective mode, just in this series in general. It puts this kind of ugly like tech filter over a really nice looking game that uh, clearly a lot of work and a lot of attention yeah. to detail went into. But it's often very helpful, like in combat, to have that mode because yeah. it shows you. When in, whether enemies are armed, who you can dive kick on. Yeah. Um, and so you, I often have just ended up fighting with that on, and I'm like, I wish this was not on. But you have to kind of like self-select, you know, because you can just stay in detective mode for most of the first game if you yeah. want to, but, you know, you have to want to look at the rest of the game. And I mean, uh, you know, so I, I have played this game multiple times on PS3, and uh, comparing it to this version... Yeah, there, there are a few, like, performance snags, like just com- some slightly janky frame rates and some pop-up in some of the environments. It mostly happens, like, when you sort of are gliding from one area of the city to the other, yeah. which isn't a terrible place for the game to slow down. Oh, like, no, no. It never feels like it slowed down during combat or during boss fights or anything, because it's no. more of, like, when it's loading new content. That was the only thing. I mean... It, it was pretty minor, especially compared to some of the games that we've experienced yeah. on the Wii, a Mighty Number no. 9, a mm-hmm. far less advanced game than this that struggled with load times far, far more. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it really wasn't that distracting. So, like, I would actually say this is a pretty good way to play this game. Like, it's got some extra features. It's a little slower on the performance side, and uh, your mileage may vary with how well you like that gamepad controller, but uh, I think it works really well on this platform. Yeah. Like, and I was surprised at how well. Yeah. yeah, I agree. The The controller feels comfortable. Everything seems accessible. And I like the inventory switching also worked pretty well. There's a, another little fun addition where you have remote control boomerangs. Yeah. Which um, you actually control by sort of, you know, moving the gamepad in the different directions as you're throwing it. See, and that's much which, more fun than the standard mode, which like, as we'll see with the next game, like, because uh, the standard way to do that is like with flight controls. You well, you know? have so inverted like, movement, but then your left and right, your x-axis is not inverted, and it kind of just hurts your brain, and yeah. it's very not that fun. <laughs> it always takes a second to kind of acclimate to it, but uh, I mean, look, I, there's not too much more I can say about Arkham City. I think, I mean, this game is kind of instant classic. I think this game rules. And I think it's really good on the Wii U. Like, I would recommend this one for One sure. thing that I think is just worth talking about real quick yeah. is I've always... I, I know that this game got, you know, stellar reviews when it came out. And it always looked really cool, so I had always been curious about it. But I was never excited about sort of the open-world structure of sure. it. Sure. Um, but I get the impression that really, if you want to follow the main story, it can still be a perfectly linear game. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's more of like these open world nooks and crannies are there if you want to explore them and you just can't get enough of the combat and solving these Riddler trophies. Like, there's a lot here. Yeah. But, like, the core Batman gameplay is still just go from point A to point B and punch dudes. That's true. Uh, it's it's sort of like a uh, the Fallout approach to the video games. Like, if you want to just, like, stick to the main story and just power through it, That'll be done pretty quickly, okay. and like it leads you by the nose, and you can do the whole thing like in one sitting. But the flavor of the game comes in from taking on these most wanted missions and like finding all the little hidden nooks and crannies and uh, taking down all the bad guys. So. And I and I will say like the <coughs> addition of sort of the open world city really does do a lot in making the like making the game fun to navigate. Like a lot of the time you spend in Arkham Asylum is just running down hallways. Yes, and here. Even when you're just going from place to place, like 
Um, that interaction between like gliding and catching updrafts and using your grappling hook is, is very fun navigation. It definitely is. It definitely is. All right, well, we have one more game to talk about today. That's the direct sequel to this game, or prequel. <laughs> That's the new word I coined for a sequel that That's happens a... before. Whoa, yeah, mind yeah, blown. Yeah, TMTM patent pending. <laughs> uh, Batman Arkham Origins was released October 25th, 2013, developed by WB Montreal and published by WB Interactive Entertainment. This was released on PS3, 360, Wii U, and Windows. Now, WB Montreal, this subsidiary was created specifically to help with the Arkham franchise. Uh, They were founded in 2010, and their first job was porting Arkham City to the Wii U, the armored edition of which we just spoke. And they did a good job. They did. Good for them. They armored the shit out of that thing. Uh, outside of this and two like very negligible like PC games based on cartoons that have been long canceled, uh, the studio has been working for years on the upcoming Gotham Knights, which is an action game that lets you play as Batman's four sidekicks, so Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, and Red Hood, in a story that will reportedly uh, replicate the Court of Owls storyline from the Batman uh, series, which is a really good storyline. Neat. Um, um, in that does not have a release date yet. It's just 2022 been... sometime. Okay. Yeah. So we should be getting that game and then the Rocksteady Suicide Squad game next year. And They're... I imagine both of those are sort of built on the same general gameplay mechanics. I imagine but... so. I don't I know less about Gotham Knights, but Suicide Squad looks like it's going to use kind of the Arkham. It is style. it is such an odd like thing that Rocksteady sort of invented this blueprint for these games, yeah. made two tremendously successful games um, with that blueprint, and then they decided to give it to another company. It like, is a little weird that they did that because, uh, you know, Arkham City was, uh, I think at the time it was the fastest selling video game ever. Like wow. It did so well that first week that like, yeah, obviously green light this shit, throw yeah. money at them, mm-hmm. do whatever you want. Uh, you know, and Rocksteady had a direction they wanted to take the game in, but it was going to take a lot longer to develop. Ah. They, they had a four-year development cycle on Arkham Knight. And in the meantime, WB was kind of like, all right, well, we've got this hit franchise. We should, we should kind of, you know, not annual necessarily, but, you know, but semi-annually. We should keep, keep riding it when it's hot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they wanted to get another game just on the books that would kind of scratch that itch until the, uh, the next main chapter would come out. And so they brought in WB Montreal to work on this game. Now, the original pitch for Arkham Knight was to be a prequel. It was going to go back and sort of replicate the year one storyline mm-hmm. that Frank Miller wrote back in the 80s. Um, and that direction was ultimately scrapped, but the developers did like the idea of going back to the beginning. And this way, they also wouldn't be interfering with the storyline that Rocksteady was setting up for this like trilogy. Ah, they could kind okay. of tell their own story without interfering. Smart. Uh, so since Conroy, Hamill, and all of them were busy working on Arkham Knight, this game uses an original cast. Uh, Roger Craig Smith plays Batman, and Troy Baker gives a very good performance as the Joker. Um, and uh, they both sound like a lot like the real guys. It's so weird to me that they had to get different people. Like I, It is weird. I'm not, like, obviously the voice actors do a great job, um, but, like, <laughs> how much work... Like how much, how many hours a day do you spend being a voice actor for a video? It seems yeah. like you go in, you record like four hours of lines, and you're like, okay, I'm good for today. I mean, I guess like, it depends on the game. Like, yeah, uh, something Hades, like, Hades probably was an egregious amount of time. Spent, right. I, I've read like Final Fantasy voice actors like show up kind of expecting a day of work, and then they get like this four infinite jests worth of like dialogue okay. and like uh, uh, 
spell noises that they have to make. It, like, it, 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 <laughs> ah, it is just very odd that they weren't able to get the cast, but you would not you would not notice that at all unless Steve had, had told you. No, which is why no. you listen to this podcast. That's why you did. So, so I can tell you stuff. <laughs> um, so story wise, this takes place eight years before the events of Asylum. Uh, canonically, at this point, Batman has only been fighting crime for two years. And people still don't really know what to make of him. He's kind of mm. still halfway between like myth and legend. The police are being run by the corrupt uh, Commissioner Loeb, so they're not really working with him. Only a uh, captain named Jim Gordon believes that Batman is a force for good, but I don't think we're going to hear any more from that guy. <laughs> On Christmas Eve, uh, Batman responds to a prison break at Blackgate, which is being led by the gangster Roman Sionis, a.k.a. Black Mask. And at Blackgate, Batman is confronted by Killer Croc. And after he's defeated, Batman learns that Croc was one of eight assassins that Black Mask has hired to collect a $50 million bounty on his head. So over the course of this long night, he has to defend himself against a bunch of assassins like Copperhead, Electrocutioner, Firefly, Deathstroke, Bane... Uh, if he hopes to stop Black Mask and survive the night. So this game is just supposed to take place over one night. It's an, yes. It's, it's an after hours type of situation. It, well, weird. all of these are. Like Arkham City, Arkham, all of these games take place in one night. And oh, weird. Arkham City and Arkham Knight stretch that a little bit because you could be playing this one night for 30 hours, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, uh, so, you know, they, but it, it takes a little bit of a suspension of disbelief, but. You might also need that to believe a man dresses up like a bat and That's flies. That's true. If, if suspension of disbelief is something you struggle with, maybe Batman is not for you. Maybe fiction isn't right <laughs> for you. Yeah, yeah, maybe stay away from fiction <gasps> in general. You know, uh, I feel like the story here never feels quite as urgent or as compelling. Yeah, um, I was. It's a little lackluster. Sort it's, of immediately confused. Like I kind of found myself my brain just sort of mixing all of these Batmans together into a delicious bat stew. Mm. But like this Don't, one, that's how you get COVID. Don't do okay. that. No. Um, this one, like I couldn't quite tell what my drive was, mm -hmm. like what quite was going on at any, at any point. Like it just seems like, yes, there's these assassins who are trying to kill you, but mm -hmm. what am I Batman trying to, to do? I guess you just get them before they get you. They missed but. an opportunity to have him confronting like the ghost of his past and present and future, yeah. and then him to see the real, real reason of uh, Christmas is punching Black Mask in the face. Exactly. Yeah, as we yeah. will all be celebrating, I'm sure. It is. It is a very nice, um, fun rogues gallery. Like those yeah. eight characters, are, aside from Bane, are sort of all like. B-grade Batman villains, and which it's cool I to see them get a folk uh, a focal point. I I always love that. I always love it. Bring in the weirder, like deeper characters. Like who's going to care about Copperhead or yeah. Shiva or any of these? And like, like Fire, Shiva, I guess yeah. Firefly is a cool, uh, different sort of vibe. Like yeah. Batman doesn't have a lot of enemies that fly. So yes, that's, that's another cool aesthetic yeah so i mean there's there's some fun stuff here and i think the voice cast is really good um and this game also a uh, very noticeable graphical improvement it looks I, good I, I would say like there yeah. was some pretty noticeable jaggies in uh arkham city yeah sometimes the characters looked a little a little stockier than maybe they wanted to yeah and here all the edges look a lot smoother and the cutscenes in this game look really incredible no they like, they really do like i like the new batman model like he's kind of subtly like skinnier mm -hmm. and like younger he's looking got stubble more stubble. yeah yeah the, the, he's, he's fresh jawed he's know? also randomly seemingly a lot angrier i think that this game has even though it looks pretty similar to the other ones it has a noticeably darker tone i yeah it, like things just feel cruel crueler i guess like yeah i think that aside from like the joker is of course like 
an insane megalomaniac, but he always lends this sort of comic booky goofiness sure. to it. And here, like someone like Deadshot is just like an assassin with a sniper rifle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like he's there's nothing a, like fun about him. No, he's just a man who shoots you. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, uh, exactly. Yeah. What's your special power? Kablam, you're dead. That's, yeah. That's my power. I can squeeze this trigger and make you not be alive. Yeah, and so the result of it is like this game does feel a little grittier, which yeah. is uh, not something I'm crazy about, but not not like a problem. Yeah. And I mean, there's really not as much to say about this game because kind of the bummer about this game is that it is just Arkham City again. It's like, very much a placeholder game. Very much a placeholder. Based on your explanation, that is literally what it is. It's literally uh, what it is. We gotta give Rocksteady more time to come out with their next Batman game. Let's figure out what we can do in the interim. Yeah, and there, so there is kind of a sense that you're playing just like a game-length DLC. You're playing like mm. a side story of the main game that just happens to be really long. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because it's still fun. Arkham City works and Arkham Origins works and it's it's still it's fun on the same level that Arkham City is. I would say this one suffers a bit because uh, the story isn't quite as gripping and there are some really terrible boss battles mm. in this game. I will say that for every fun one, there are some really frustrating. The Deathstroke battle in this is one of the more frustrating battles I've ever had in a video what, game. What is so unpleasant about it? It's it requires it's a sword duel. And you're going seems like, neat. Seems neat. And you're going. You're locked into kind of like a side by side view, so it's not like the same kind okay. of uh, overall action. The game suddenly turns into Nidhogg. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does, and it has the same style of like very specifically timed parries and uh. like strikes, and like you have to know exactly when to dodge, but you have a hard time memorizing his pattern. You know, I and. See. Every death results in a long load time, and you have to start again. I, I just, I've always struggled on that boss fight. That makes sense. And, like, these games are not designed to really be challenging. They're no. sort of like, it's okay to die a couple times sure. to get that series, that sense of danger. It's but great like, to die, too, because the villain that killed you will stand over you and mock you. Sure, we all love yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but it's like, when you get into those things that are really challenging, like, the game kind of loses some of its forward momentum. It does a And bit. speaking of that, this one also, I think, puts a noticeable more effort on your gadgets and puzzle solving. Yes. Which I also believe is a disservice. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stuff is just unnecessarily complicated. It's like, okay scan this, you know, key card reader that exploded and figure out where the key card went and then go open the vent and scan that and then use that to get the code for your crypto indexer. Yeah. And then use that to like hack hack a terminal to unlock the door. Yeah. And so it involves lots of inventory shifting and lots of things that just aren't you you have to think about like what button am I pressing here to do what I want to do? Yeah. It's not just like in the previous games, it felt like um, the puzzle were just kind of a placeholder to get you from place to place. And here, they try to flesh them out and make them more of a gameplay thing. Right. But they're not very good. They also kind of write themselves in a narrative corner with the prequelness of it because, like, nothing that happens in this game can be super impactful mm, to, sure. because it'll disrupt the rest of the story. And also you're not going to have as cool of items as he has in the first and second game, because this takes place before that he doesn't have those items yet. Or if he does have items, you have to wonder, it's like, okay, well, where was that item? If this item's so great, why doesn't he still <laughs> use it? You know, he yeah. clearly got bored with this one. Yeah. He, he also, again, back to that darker tone, like Batman seems a lot more intense in this game. There's a lot of scenes of him just kind of, you know, like, 
interrogating or torturing dudes and hanging them off ledges. And I think that tracks too, because again, they're going back to the year one kind of idea here, which was a pretty gritty story. And it's supposed to be about Batman in his youth when he's not good at this job yet. And he's got a lot of anger and it's a lot of uh, misplaced aggression. I just think it's a very funny narrative to think that somebody in Batman's line of work would mellow out over the years. Right. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. This is not like, Oh, I remember when Mr. Freeze killed my family. I don't know. Like, what are you going to do? Why are you getting like calmer now? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so there there isn't really too much that distinguishes this game from the others. It's not bad by any stretch. It seems, like it's it's perfectly serviceable game. Yeah, it's definitely more of the same. It yeah. seems like less effort was put into the Wii U version of this one specifically. Yes. Like they still do the thing where you have to hold it up to solve against the TV to solve puzzles or like people will call you on it as a radio, but that volume is way quieter almost quiet. to the point of unusability. And uh those are the only other features it just and and that makes sense because this game came out on the same time on all the platforms yeah um, so it's not like they had time to sort of integrate those features yeah but it also um from a technical standpoint seemed to run better than city yeah yeah i think it does on this i mean perfectly perfectly serviceable game but um i still prefer the other games in the series overall Uh, you ready to move on to our rankings? Yeah, we can do that. Let's do it. All right. So each week we are ranking the games that we have just played. And you know what? I may have tipped my hand already at the top. I like these games a lot. <laughs> uh, I am saying that Arkham City is my new number three. Nice. Uh, that's after uh, Super Mario Maker number one and Rayman Legends at number two. Uh, similarly to those games, I think this makes great use of the Wii U features. And it's just an all around solid, awesome game. Uh, and Arkham Origins is dropping just a little bit. I'm going to put that right below Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD. That makes it number 15. Uh, still a perfectly serviceable game. I really enjoy it a lot, but I think if I'm going back to any of these, uh, that's probably going to be the least of them. Sure. Um, is is City your favorite in this series? or I go back and... F- well, actually, weirdly, City is not. Uh, like, I prefer... Asylum and Night. Okay. Um, wow. Not, but the the order of those switches, like every time I play. Right, them, and like, and and like I said, right at the beginning, like even even with Origins, which is sort of regarded as one of the the weaker ones. Yeah. Like you can't go wrong with any of these. No. Like, no. They they all play what you want from a Batman game and are, are very satisfying. Yeah. And you can feel good going right from one to the other. Exactly. Um, I I like these too. Um, I got I I want to explore this series a little more. I'm not sure if I will have the energy to you know to play four of these games in a row that are all kind of the same. I would say play um, play Asylum at the very least. Yeah, play all the way I'm, through I'm that. definitely excited yeah. to keep keep working my way to Asylum. Maybe I'll get to City at some point. Um, I'm gonna put these uh right behind Mass Effect Three. Cool. Um, sort of in that zone of games I know are very good and maybe we'll get to someday. Yeah. Um, but they made a very positive first impression here. So that's going to put them at uh, 9 and 10, or uh, 10 and 11. 10 and 11. Yep. Okay. All right. With, with City and then Origins. All right. Well, that is all we have this week. Remember, if you have letters for us, you can send it at ultra64podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so next, uh, well, a little thing yeah, that's Yeah, you may want to get those letters in soon. Or- yeah, get those letters coming in. Uh, so just a little heads up for our schedule for the rest of the month. 
We have decided we're going to take the last two weeks of this month off from the main feed show just to give ourselves a little bit of time to catch up on our stuff. Give you guys a little bit of time to catch up on our stuff. <laughs> if you're true. a Patreon subscriber, you are like drowning in our content. We have so much content for you. So we'll let you guys catch up. And you'll have more because that stuff will keep coming. Yeah, Patreon stuff weeks. will still keep coming. So uh, next week, we're going to have an episode and then we're going to take two weeks off and we'll be right back on in uh, the first week of January. And to send things off for the holiday break, next week we are going to be playing The Wonderful 101, uh, a game I've heard is a lot of fun. I don't know anything about it. Have but you I'm heard excited. that it's wonderful? I've heard it's wonderful times 101. Wow. Um, pretty, yeah, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I hope they go with the sequel naming convention of the 101 Dalmatians, like where it's just 102, 103. The Wonderful 102. Cruella. Yeah. Uh, would be the next one, yeah, I guess. Sure. <laughs> they'll do the Joker origin story of uh, Wonder Red. Why not? All right, so yes, tune in next week. Uh, we will see you then for Wonderful 101, and then uh, we will be wishing you all a happy holidays. But uh, tune in, patreon.com slash ultra64pod. We will still have stuff coming for you every single week. More Batman, more Adventure Island, more other stuff. It's going to be great. And we will be back in one week. Yes. To play the wonderful 101, and then we will see you in 2022. See you then. Bye. Batman away. <laughs> That's what he says. Batman away. Batman away. In the darkest night, huh, I make the bad guys fall. Huh, there's a million heroes. Computer, overcompensate. But I'm the best of them all. I'm on my way, sir.